0: I am ready. I love it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to money, savage, engage. This is George Grumbacher. Monica, Parikh, Monica Parikh is a teacher. She's a public speaker, a lawyer. She's helping brokered heart, brokenhearted women hit the reset button on their lives. I'm excited to have you on Monica. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do.
1: Hey George. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, so my life is that I went through a very traumatic divorce in 2008 Um, my now ex-husband who I had been with for a decade just disappeared on me one day and that put me into a huge trauma but it also was the catalyst for just a complete new new life that I created for myself Um, I started studying psychology at a very high level I began dating prolifically and testing um, psychological truths about dating, and then basically I got to this point where I realized that nobody is teaching us the most important skill we need to prosper and be happy, which is relationships. There's no relationship school, and our education system doesn't cover it, you know, and when you look at the statistics of the failures of marriage and the number of unhappy relationships, I realized that this curriculum really needed to be taught in the world. So I basically created a business where I created the curriculum to teach people how to have successful relationships. And I've been running my business now for seven years.
0: I I love it. It's funny that people often talk about personal finance as well, I, I never really learned this in school, and people joke about not 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 knowing how to do income taxes, but they know about parallelograms. And I'd never really right. thought about that that they don't teach us about relationships in school, and 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 what could be more important than than having a healthy and functional relationship with the person you love.
1: Well, so the the largest longitudinal study of human happiness came out of Harvard. And actually the conclusion was that the number one factor that makes people happy is love and relationships. So you're right. It's just backwards that we never have this curriculum. And in addition, you know, I always joke, George, that if I was to start a podcast, the name of my podcast would be laid and paid because I feel like (laughs) the human needs really come down to two things. Like we all want to get laid and we all want to make money. And you know, you're right. Nobody teaches about financial literacy. And, you know, I was really lucky because when I was um, very young, my father um, was very into money and money making. So he pushed on me a lot of financial literature. You know, he subscribed to Money Magazine to me. And when I told him I wanted, you know, a subscription to Cosmo instead, he was like, well, just read it when you're in the bathroom. You know, but it taught me so much about money and now in building my curriculum, I definitely am planning on building a financial literacy piece of my curriculum because money's the number one cause of divorce, you know, when people are not aligned in their values about money, it just causes so much relationship upset. And I think it's an exceptionally important tool for human happiness as well.
0: Yeah, that's that that, that that's really well said and if you've not Somehow secured the podcast name laid and paid or the website or whatever i think I think you definitely need to get to work on that, so I think that's awesome <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I definitely will try to do maybe that this afternoon yeah
0: yeah perfect <clears throat> <laughs> so um so I think that 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 certainly resonates with with me um' money is the number one cause of stress for people, and then it ruins relationships and and everything you just talked about um in terms of 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 relationships. It's obviously there's, there's so many different aspects of, of them, but I wrote down prospecting and then relationship management just to, just to, I I don't know why those jumped into my mind, but certainly if I am single and interested in getting married, well, then I need to figure out how to meet that person. And then once I am, am together with them, it's a matter of figuring out how to have a happy relationship. So, um, Is 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 there one part? Is it chicken and the egg is is one more important than the other? What where where are people really struggling?
1: Wow, I love those terms. They're so a feat, right? So, well, prospecting, you know, it's really interesting when I began my study of relationship psychology in 2008 from 2008 to 2012, I prolifically dated applying relationship psychology principles. And it was just a fascinating experiment, really just you know about myself, because that's really what dating is about, right? It's a study of yourself and what your values are and what you like, and hopefully you're moving closer and closer to your person. What was interesting was I entered into a relationship in 2012, which was the year that the iPhone became ubiquitous in the American household. And in addition, it was, you know, the year that a lot of the dating swipe technology debuted, like Tinder and um, I, I don't know if Bumble was uh, debuted then, but this left and right swipe technology. Sure. So when that relationship broke up in 2016 and I went back out on the dating market, I was pretty shocked because there was just a complete sea change in behavior that was predicated by technology. And one of the biggest things that I started to really notice was that people were engaging in real life much less. So it was almost like what you would consider from a prospecting perspective, good behavior, which is, you know, you see somebody hot at the grocery store and you figure out how to strike up a connection and you flirt. All that was being obliterated from this left and right swiping. Hmm. And then in addition to that, um, you know, I think it was creating, or it has been creating, rather, a culture of fungibility. So as opposed to me kind of sinking in and getting to know George and, like, who are you and what are you about and are we aligned? It's kind of like, well, next. And so when George doesn't perform the way I want, him to perform. I just press delete and I go on to the next one. Sure. And so, you know, relationships aren't actually deepening and we're not learning enough about ourselves because relationships are really supposed to be a mirror. So that's one of the huge challenges I see on the prospecting end. Um, and I could get into even more problems about the prospecting end, but we'll, we'll say that. And then from the management end, you know, from my perspective, Relationship management requires a lot of high-level skills. You know, one of the high-level skills we need in relationship management is conflict. We'll call it conflict de-escalation. So, you know, are we productively fighting? You know, are we aligning the needs and are we actually fixing problems? Or are we just fighting? And then a big part of fighting and conflict to me is also am I taking care of myself in a way that I understand that my bad mood is my responsibility, not my partner's responsibility? And, you know, am I taking care of myself in all the ways I need to take care of myself that I'm not projecting my problems onto my partner and they're becoming the blame or the root cause of my unhappiness? And so a lot of that is also moving away from codependency to interdependency where we stop looking for just one person to be our all and everything and we have a more realistic notion about romance that it's a piece of a holistic puzzle of what we need as humans to prosper and thrive. So from the management end, you know one of the biggest problems I see is that we need skills building. We need actually places that are not you know cloaked in a therapist's office, where we can openly talk about common relationship struggles and people can actually teach and give you tools to prosper within these relationships. And, you know, I mean, that's what my life work is, but that needs to be more of, I think, a global conversation because those skills we take into the workplace, we take into our families, and they really prosper us in multiple places.
0: Yeah. I think that's that is a big amen from uh my perspective on this and I, as as I'm listening uh it's so obvious that that we need help and a supportive community and, and open lines of communication to be to be voicing what we're struggling with in in, a, in an area that we're not going to feel like we're judged or shamed just like just like with money and just like physical fitness um But I've never thought about relationships like that. Um, So shame on me because this certainly makes sense. But that is why you're doing what you're doing, Monica.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the really exciting thing about where we are collectively right now, and I mean collectively, like, you know, with the pain point of COVID and the changes that we're all seeing rapidly happening, is that we're, I believe we're going to have a massive shift of priorities, You know, many people are either quarantining alone, like I have been, and that's, that's exceptionally challenging emotionally and mentally, or they're quarantining with other people, which is exceptionally challenging (laughs) mentally and emotionally. For sure. And so it's really like, you know, to me, it's just, um, poles of the same issue, right? That we all need coping skills, and emotional coping skills, because you know, one of the challenges I've had, just given the work that I do, is watching the national conversation about pandemics be solely about the physical body, with almost, I almost never hear anybody talking about the emotional toll of being at home every day, losing connection with colleagues, or that connection has moved digitally, which is energetically very draining. Um, gyms closing, you know, all the structures that we would have in place to diffuse stress are basically being removed. And in addition, you know, we have people losing jobs, we have a national election that, you know, is, let's say, not normative, um, and the issues that brings up with democracy. So we have multiple stressors. And what we need to do, I think, is have a national conversation about mental and emotional health, and make to your point, not stigmatize that, but understand that our conception of relationships has to be elevated. Now we have to move on to the next plane of consciousness so we can relate differently and get our needs met as humans.
0: Move on to the next plane of consciousness in terms of relationships so that we can get our needs met. So how does that, how, what, what does that actually look like?
1: Well, I think that a big part of it is actually shifting our conception of relationships.
0: Okay.
1: You know, one of the things that I see happen a lot is when, let's say, a heterosexual couple goes into a relationship. They look for most of their needs to be met by each other. And a lot of times, because of jealousy or envy, each partner won't be allowed to have friends of opposite sex outside the relationship. You know? And the thing is, those friendships really prosper us, you know, and we have different relationships with different people and different people bring out different parts of our personality. So I always think that one of the most important things is to kind of have a conversation. You know, I was actually at this is a funny story, but I was working out last week and my trainer who I've known for a while, who knows what I do for a living, he just got married. So I was joking with him and I said, hey, man, like if you ever want to do an exchange of services, like I'll the way you make me cry physically from working out, I'd like to make you cry emotionally. And he was like, well, I really need it. And he goes, you know, my girl or my wife, um, he said, I took her paint to paintball and she had such a good time that she decided to take her work to paintball. So he said, I asked my wife, can I come with you? And she was like, no, it's just for work people. And he goes, I was so hurt by that. He's like, you know, like my feelings were so hurt. And I said to him, no, man, your wife is smart. She realizes that fire needs air. And, you know, air is that we need time not with our significant other so they miss us and so that we have like a space that's just ourselves, you know. And once I had that conversation with him, he was like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And he's like, Oh man, I got so upset. And he's like, No, now that makes sense. And so like I kind of feel like those are the conversations that, you know, sometimes we have with our therapist, sometimes we have with our coach. And sometimes we just have with friends who can provide us different perspectives. And you know, that's that's part of you know what I see the shift upwards being, being like we have to change our thinking about a lot of things, to move towards a place of peace and equanimity.
0: Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about that, uh, about how structures that have been in place for a long time, and this is certainly one of them, it, uh, we're, 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 we're at a time period where we are questioning a lot of them. We're questioning the Electoral College, we're questioning the education system, we're questioning the places that we actually work and breaking it down from a first principle standpoint. And, 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 and it's just an opportunity to be thinking about these things. And so like anything else, changes is going to come from just the individual and, and uh, a man or a woman or, or two partners, whoever they might be, uh, rethinking how, how everything is working and why it's working and why it's been the way that it always has been. So what you're saying certainly makes sense. Um, how do you start with that kind of thinking or that kind of a conversation?
1: Well, you know, I mean, I think that anytime you engage in sort of personal transformation, for me, it's been really helpful to have guides. I know a lot of people like to just do self-help so they will, you know, read books for me. I felt like it enabled me to go faster because when you radically start changing your psychological concept of things, in a lot of ways, you start becoming an outlier. Mm-hmm. You know, you're walking against the herd. For sure. And I think that takes an enormous amount of courage and bravery. So for me to do that, it required people giving me the skill sets to sort of build my self-esteem. So, you know, or my sense of resilience, So I think that, you know, the conversation begins with really just working on yourself, but working on yourself in a real way where somebody is able to hold the mirror up to you for you to be accountable for the ways you're thinking and saying to your point, you know, do I think this because it's correct or do I think this because I've been socialized to think this my entire life? And to your point, you know, these institutions were all created to socialize me to basically be kind of a robot, you know, and part of my job now is to deprogram all that socialization and find the authentic me.
0: Yeah. I think that that's really well said. Um, and it, I think it does take courage and and bravery to, to, to take those first steps towards doing that work. Um, and and yes, I, I think that that having support to to go down that path is is so essential. I know that that I'm certainly one of those people that you just described, where I do like to uh, when I learn about something that I think is cool or intriguing, that I like to do some research. But when I've found, you know, when I actually make progress in whatever area that I'm interested in, it's it's when I've actually engaged and uh, been given sort of the, the, the full blueprint for it as opposed to just kind of piecemealing everything. So,
1: yeah, the blueprint helps, you know, you have to have somebody who I think can take a bigger picture when I work on my clients, I have like a very big picture view of what's going on where for them, they only see, you know, they, they're just, they see themselves in today. And I kind of have a broader lens. So I definitely think somebody who has a blueprint but also can put all the pieces together of where where the problem lies. Because really that's I think what good coaches and good therapists do is they are basically almost like mechanics trying to figure out where the problem lies in the psyche. Yeah. You know.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> Monica – Savage nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: My difference-making tip is if you want to change the world work on changing yourself And really be you know dil- diligent and consistent
0: about that. I Think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on one of my favorite uh, I, I, I guess it's a children's book. It's by Shel Silverstein. It's called the missing piece. Are you familiar with that? yes I love (laughs) and so it's it it really I've I've always really enjoyed that and just fundamentally for those listening it's 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 exactly what Monica just said is you just need to work on yourself and stop looking uh, to fill up what's missing on the inside with something from the outside because rarely does that actually work so I love it well Monica thank you so much for coming on where can Savage Nation learn more about you how can people engage with you
1: the best place is through my website, which is www.schooloflovenyc.com. Schooloflovenyc.com, and um, yeah, just you know, sign up for my newsletter. Shoot me an email. I love to hear from people, and if um, you're broken-hearted or looking to upgrade your love life, just reach out.
0: Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Monica your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to schooloflovenyc.com and check out all the great resources. She's got a great blog, and um, it's just excellent. So check it out. Thanks again, Monica.
1: Thank you so much, George. I had a great time.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social?